Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Beth Helsink. With me today in her basement in East Bridgewater is the queen. Wait a minute. Well, she could be a queen. The blind bombshell herself, Anne Kerrigan. Well, good evening. Of course I'm a queen. Don't yeah. even, don't even... Qu- Queen Anne, okay? Mm. All right? I, that's all I have to say. So you're a cheer? <laughs> no. Yeah. Hardly. Anyways, and I'm not in my basement. I'm at work because... Seriously? Yeah. Um, they, they let you out of the basement? That's good. They let me out of the basement so must, I could come and sleep away now. at work. And uh, so I have, I have an hour off to do the show. <laughs> so no wine? How are you going to do the show with no wine? I don't know. Honestly, yeah. It's, uh, my life is hard. It's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's very I, difficult. I so that. I'll just have to muddle through because they frown upon wine on school property. <laughs> yeah, you could put it in a brown paper bag or something. I don't know. <laughs> Working, you know, that anyway. working thing too. So, anyways, yes, here I am. Ta-da! So, I, I actually have some. You're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojinet and Pararex and wherever else we're being played. Um, I actually have some news with you. You went away uh, last week and a couple of weeks ago uh, to that paranormal retreat I did, right? Yes. So, yes, I did. We had a we had a lot of fun. It was a great retreat. Yeah, and. Somebody told me that you got a name uh, while you were there. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you remember the name? Oh, the the one of the girl? Yeah. Well, you were doing table tipping, right? Oh. Um, we, we, uh, we thought, um, we didn't actually get the name, but we thought it was the daughter Oh no! Somebody somebody said that you got a name this the past weekend, and uh, well, I, I, that was mis- they must have been mistaken. Okay. I don't. I don't. Let's put it this way: I don't recall unless it was during um, during something else. But I don't think that we got a name during table tipping. We well, thought, I'm not talking about talking yeah. I'm talking about you uh, impersonally Isabel. because I know that you uh, you have. Uh, a, a penchant of getting names in the paranormal, which I, I know was... that's funny. I, I, I don't, I don't, get, <laughs> I don't get a lot. I usually, I get like one thing and it's usually a name and it's just a first name. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh um, yes. I did get a name Over <laughs> in the stable. I'm sorry. Uh, when we were in where the stables used to be, um, Brendan, I, I got the name Brendan. Oh, okay, cool. Why did you get anything for that? No, no, no. No. So, anyways, that went oh. well. Well, that went well. Yeah. Okay. 
So it, you know what? It'll probably turn up down the line because that's what always happens. I know. I know. Like a month from now, we'll we'll find something and someone will go, oh, yeah, Ann said that. That's mm-hmm. my one thing. You I wait know. and see. That's, that's what I thought. Somebody said that something came up, and that's why I, I thought of you. And I figured it might have been you, so mm-hmm. I was wrong. But my, my apologies. No, so anyways, we, we had a – I'm sure it was. Anyways, uh, during uh, the Red Light Sands last night, we had something was interesting. We had a woman who died on the Titanic. Oh, cool. Oh, was cool. it Rose? <laughs> huh? Was it Rose? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't Rose. Although we never got her name, so it may be Rose. Who knows? Ah, see? But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's strange. I'll have to ask, uh, I'm going to have to ask our guests about this. So so joining us now is someone who I just saw earlier this week at Dining with the Dead. He is a, uh, a British-UK uh, spiritualist. He is Mark Brittle and his lovely wife, Karen. You, got, you there, guys? Yes, good evening, Ron. Hi, nice to hear from you again. Yeah, same here. Yes, we had a lovely, <laughs> had a lovely evening the other night. Yeah, that was great fun. So, do you ever hear about that? Like, you know, people getting people like, you know, like from the Titanic. I mean, it's kind of like obscure that like that would come through in a in a session. Yeah, I mean, it 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 reminds me a bit of. Um, the, uh, what, what was happening uh, many years ago in the war? There are lots of books on it with the with the with the great mediums like Estelle Roberts, <clears throat> and she would regularly get regularly get enough information from uh, the spirit soldiers who were killed in action to get in touch with their families, and this was done on more than one occasion. And I mean, it could be in view of the. Uh, as it were, the, the spirit interest from the other side that your <clears throat> seance is evidently causing now. And we've discussed other things that, you know, can give us evidence that it, that it, that it is, a, as it were, a well-known, well-known event. It may well be that that, 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 that is, the, that is, that is the, uh, the aim of this person. And maybe if you can get a bit more, some detailed indication, you might find a bit of evidence, which wasn't otherwise available, that would, uh, you know, enable you to... Um, Think that yes, indeed, you 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 do you do have a person who had the uh, misfortune, as it were, an interesting misfortune to go down on the Titanic. Yeah, the interesting thing about it is that she died on the voyage, but not she died before the ship went down. Oh ah, well, you never know. There might be there might be evidence on that point somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. It reminds. Um, it reminds me of um, something which uh, Karen, my wife Karen, uh, investigated some while ago, um, and this was to do. It's, it's. Um, I'll, I'll tell you now because it, it fits in nicely for what you were saying. Um, this was to do with um, looking at um, uh, a, a, a person and in a house, a spirit person in a house, mm-hmm. and uh, she identified a, a young lad who was about fourteen. And um, the lad actually showed, uh, went on to say that he was in the house and had been actually in, in an asylum. Um, and then the owners of the house uh, were actually able to find out uh, that that was all true. And there was a, a boy of 14 mm. who was um, put in the Massachusetts School for the Feeble-Minded in Waltham. 
Oh, and he lived in that very house. And uh, he had been playing, literally, he had been playing with the present children in us by wow. um, activating some sort of game. And they thought this was, well, they were, I think they were fairly delighted with it. But of course, <laughs> the, the, these things are usually not, not, not greeted with immense glee. People have more concern than glee. But I mean, that was, so that was, that was an indication of someone who, let's say, had a, a tragic life here. And who was still around because this was this was only say last year this happened. Oh wow! And you know, and he died in nineteen. Uh, Karen, do you remember when he died? Yeah, it was turn of the century, so about nineteen hundred or so. So there you are. And I so yeah, he'd been and gone I, for, I said that. Mm-hmm. He he'd been gone for more than a hundred years, about mm-hmm. the same time as the Titanic. Then really, isn't it? Yeah, and is. uh, admittedly, we 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 were on his territory. I mean, Karen had been specially invited. To, 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 you know, as it were, delve into this one. And uh, obviously you're not sailing across the Atlantic. I don't know how near Boston it sank. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting, it's, a, it's an interesting known thing that, you, you know, that as it were, casualties do, um, do present themselves. So uh, if you could possibly, if, you, if, you, if it's possible to get more information, from this uh, spirit person, if uh, it's not always that easy, is it? Then that would be you know you 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 could find you could find some very interesting uh, nugget from that. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting too in that you've been to my red light seances before and you know how we yeah. let everyone get involved in it, but unfortunately we had yeah. um, someone there who was a medium and they weren't really. Um, they were a little bit too anxious, I think, and oh, and, uh-huh. and uh, they were not really following the rules. If if you know, because you, you set up a, a set of protocols that you do, uh, you know, yeah. you, you don't change. Uh, for instance, if you have table movement and and you uh, you say, oh, can you uh, move the table for a yes and stop it for a no. Uh, you don't change that during your 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 thing because it Quite everybody right. involved it knows what it is the spirits that are working yes. and the ones that are watching <clears throat> right. waiting waiting their turn yeah and and yeah. Uh, unfortunately we had a couple of people that were really anxious and they were they were connecting but they they weren't waiting for anything they were just throwing things out so it became difficult and the other thing is you can't, you just yeah. can't stand there and throw out questions from all over the place you have to allow the spirit the opportunity to answer right do you know that, that that's so absolutely true you have to have a very a, a simple if not simplistic uh, theme of investigation you just simply can't pepper the thing with questions because you know we have to realize that this isn't um this isn't really like a a word-for-word conversation right. and so the, the 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 communication has to be measured as if we're giving people as if we're really, as if we're talking in different languages to people, but mm-hmm. making ourselves understood somehow. So yes, I think you're so right to eliminate any any degrees of complexity, and of course, as we've discussed before, um, to have that method and that um, uh, you know being um, that um, being uh, really um, uh, exercised in 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 the same in the same routine, mm-hmm. and that. That, that that I know is important for for just about every circle that meets everywhere, really. 
Um, otherwise, it just becomes a group of people, which is the best thing in the world. It can still be very, very rewarding, but it's not it's not a set circle in those circumstances. Yeah, it makes it difficult because even even uh, you know people throwing out prickly questions and not allowing time for the spirit to answer. That even the answers get yeah. muddled a little bit because yeah. did he say yes to that or, or did he say yes to that? Oh, I, you know, it's like one. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it, it's yeah. difficult, uh, yeah. but uh, it, it was interesting as usual. But um, yeah, I thought that was kind of neat that to to, to acquire someone from the the uh, Titanic and uh, it's uh, yeah I guess that would definitely be kind of a transient kind of spirit transient what do you mean transient transient like a like a you know just comes in randomly someone who's not attached to anything you would be transient. right no no attachment but yeah but most spirits I don't believe are attached to anything really I, I think most of them are pretty much have free will and 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 yeah and and we, we when we in fact when we we did the the retreat and we went out looking for graves for that girl that we had contacted to mm-hmm. is we were so thinking linear that just because she was in that uh retreat that she must be buried nearby and, and the, the the thing is no she could be from anywhere in the, in the world in reality there's mm-hmm. there's no reason that she would have to be local Mm -hmm. Um, so that's well you know i think that as human beings we we try to be logical with things like that and and it's not always applicable well we're trying to apply our our uh, rules in in our reality to theirs which not necessarily would apply that's what i just said right I'm glad you laughed at that. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, so um, last week on the show, we had Dale Graff, who was the director of the uh, U.S. Stargate program, uh, which uh, the government did in the 1970s, started in the 1970s, and, and did remote viewing uh, and uh, SI and ESP work. And I was talking to Mark about it, and I found out that Mark and his wife, Karen, have been doing similar research uh, for quite a while now. So that's why I invited them back on the show to uh, discuss some of the, the, the research that they have been doing. So uh, do you want to tell us a little about, bit about what you've been doing as far as your, your work? Yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, we, we started this one about three years ago, and as you know, uh, my wife and I are both Spiritualists, and I was very interested anyway in um, <clears throat> um, the operation of things um, beyond the scope of the normal five senses. And Karen um, uh, has, it had in any case, been doing um, quite a bit of um, remote viewing using uh, coordinates uh, provided to her. So she would get um, maybe a photograph of something or um, a number of something and then have to come up with, um, um, shall we say, uh, um, uh, some small dissertation on that, whatever the object of that may be. I mean, um, Karen, you, what, what, what sort of things were you trying to remote view on the basis of a piece of photograph, another, an, an anonymous piece of photograph or, or a number? What sort of things? Right. We, well, it wasn't, we didn't see a photograph. We were just giving, a, I think, a five-digit number. And right, the, okay. 
the the teacher, I'll say, or the person giving that would write that number on a photograph of something. So the target was what was in the photograph, but we weren't giving the photograph just that okay. number that was written okay. on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Event, so it, it is interesting, and and and, and we decided to, to do our own thing with this. So uh, with with the first we we. We, so we set each other missions, as it were. So I think of somewhere that I wanted to be investigated in a way that, I don't know, a spy master might want to know what's going on in <clears throat> Russia. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd, I'd set something, and then Karen would then, um, with, a, with a minimal clue, um, try to investigate that, and vice versa. She'd think of something that I would have to go and investigate, um, so it's a it's remote viewing or astral travel, call it what you will, because we don't know what it is. Um, and we, the first the first um, projects we set ourselves, we've done we've done probably um, we must have done a we've probably done about thirty of these over the past three years, and we've um, at least that many. We've actually, <laughs> wow, we've we've done we we've done we've done quite a few, you know. Um, so when we're feeling like doing a bit of work, we do it, and <clears throat> uh, I'll. And they, they're usually highly successful. I mean, you, you'll have to take my word for well, you have to take my word for everything I'm going to say. <laughs> but one of the early ones we did, um, which it gives you gives you a flavour of the sort of information we were getting, was this. I and this was this is with a as it were a clue. Now the clue, this clue, the, the clue I gave to Karen, was the international standard book number, uh, referring to a book on this uh, particular theme. So in a way, it'd be rather like writing a number on a photograph. In fact, I had a book and I gave her a book number. And short of knowing 10 billion ISBN numbers in her head, mm -hmm. I must say that anything she came up with, you know, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't have been divine from the ISBN number alone. So she started off with an ISBN number. And <clears throat> I'm gonna put this sort of slightly um, back, uh, slightly back to front because I gave her a certain place on the north coast of Kent. Now it's a it's a in in bad weather it's a it's a wild and lonely cliff top, you understand. And it's got a ruined church on it. It's it's completely gothic by nature. Um although it's quite near nice places, but it's it's in that part of the North Kent estuary where the where the weather is is, is windy and the sea is always muddy. Now this place has two claims to fame. Uh, firstly, it was about 250 AD, a Roman garrison. Um, mm. Secondly, um, it was the testing ground along the cliff face there of what was actually a secret Second World War weapon, which in Britain anyway is now very famous indeed. And it, this weapon was called the Barnes-Wallace dancing bomb. Oh, yeah. And it was used to the blow up. The, it was indeed, and if you've yeah. seen the film, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's basically the damn bustle film, and the and the and the and the weapon was refined on the cliff tops and the sands at Reculver. Um, in fact, one was one was uh, an unexploded one was found relatively recently. Actually, they're huge mm. things. Uh, they're cylinders about four feet across and six feet deep, and they weigh you know many 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 tons, and um, so. Uh, and there's plenty of footage of these things being tested, which obviously would have been secret at the time, but is now sort of 
widely available. And these things are droplet low level from a, an aeroplane. They bounce along the water for about a half a mile, and then they plunge down. And if they happen to be, um, if, if a dam, a big concrete dam happens to be in their vicinity, it gets blown to pieces. And that's exactly what was used because it blew up three, I think, big German dams on the Ruhr. Yep. And they were uh, used for the armament factories. Um, anyway, so there you are. So it, it is, it, in, for a brief period of its time, I think the Windset Cliff, it, it's very historic because you know, the Romans um, came to Britain in about the time of Christ. And, um, and it is also a, a secret area. And you understand that much of the coastline in Britain during the Second World War was a completely no-go area. And these things were fenced off. You couldn't get to the seaside uh, as much as anything because it was feared that there would be a German invasion anywhere along the south coast, more or less, for the duration of the war. So mm -hmm. uh, not that I quite remember it, but, you know, it's common knowledge that's the thing. So that's, that was, that was the, that's, what, that's what I, as it were, had in mind. That was the content of the book. So uh, Karen came up with, came up with, um, uh, these these few words, and this is going back. How old is this one? Yeah, this is two years old, and I thought it was really marvellous. This is just marvellous that she surmised this. Firstly, she said it's a book bluish with a hard cover and an old binding. Well, that's as maybe. And then she says she sent something turning and spinning and compressed, like a tank-like structure. Sort of feels like a metal enclosure or a submarine. Well, you could hardly get a close. Actually, you could hardly get a closer description to a flying bomb because it's a great big cylinder, huge metal cylinder that is like that. Then she talks about large groups marching in formation, like armies. Then she says German feel. Well, the German armies didn't land there, but large groups of armies marching in, marching in formation could well have been the Roman legions. Then she says. And if it was Roman, then we then we move forward another two thousand years. And she says guns going off, explosions, shattering metal noises, swishing sounds like a rocket or a jet going by. Well, in fact, these things when they were released from their Lancaster bombers at two hundred miles an hour, uh, the, the sound is recorded, and they did indeed whiz. They whizzed because they were spinning at a great speed. These cylinders were were accelerated within the plane to spin very quickly, so you get a sort of gyroscopic effect, and that's how they. They skimmed along the water. So the sounds and the, the, the sounds and the appearance is right. Uh, voices over a loudspeaker and siren. Well, that's certainly connected with bomb raids, isn't it? Panic. Uh, and then this is most interesting. Image from an old TV of small planes flying over with an announcer speaking. Well, the old footage is black and white footage. Uniforms of World War II soldiers. A military-like area, nurses, well, in fact, there was a military hospital on site. Military jeep-like vehicles, muddy ground, coastal, clear water, bright explosions, tulips, memorials, memoriam, transition, monuments, flag raising and flapping. And really, with those few key things, you can fit everyone, every one of those so wonderfully fits into Reculver as a testing center for the for the um, for the bouncing bomb, and that was all got from simply um, an ISBN index. That's amazing. And so it, it, it is amazing. It is quite amazing. Sometimes we, we take we we can hardly believe it. And I'll and I'll, I'll show you 
I'll just, if I may, I'll just give you a, a quick one, like a reciprocal one, um, which is, uh, hang on, what's, uh, what's I going to talk about here? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. This is a, a sort of interesting one. So <clears throat> I, got, I don't want really to get too much out of time and place in this, but um, my, my mission was summarized in three words. And the words were that article seen in a newspaper. And that was my mission. So obviously I didn't know what article, I didn't want new, we didn't know what newspaper. And to flag forward a bit, um, uh, Cowan actually was, was, was playing a crafty game with this because by that article, he actually meant um, a, a future article. So the, the, and to boil it down, what actually got was not a very future article, but it was an article that appeared in in the newspaper that day, which he hadn't yet seen. So it wasn't it wasn't a forwards in time. I'm not going to say it was a prediction because it wasn't, but it wasn't an article he'd yet seen. So and I responded like this. Um, there's something I said. First of all, there's anything um, uh, on. Firstly there was this uh, indication of the Empire State Building. I remember I had no, I, no idea why I was thinking this really. But it, it turns out that it was the New York Times. So she gave me a tick on this to say that the New York Times could be, as it were, you know, uh, the Empire State Building could be a, an emblem for the New York Times. And then I said, basically, I said, it's something quite impressive with building or cooperation, thousands of workers looking black, busying themselves, a great number of workers, a very big um, superlative structure by many people. In fact, what we were referring to, what I was referring to, I didn't know at the time, were the pictures on the front of the New York Times showing thousands of Chinese people in black T-shirts in the... um, the rallies, the um, the uh, emancipation rallies that they had. I'm going to have uh, to interrupt you here, Mike, because we have to take a break yeah. right now. Believe it or not, right. so we'll continue. Okay. With, we'll continue with this okay. uh, when we come back. So uh, right. you're listening okay. to Ghost Chronicles: uh, Next Generation with Ian Carrigan and Ron Kolick, and our very special uh, guests tonight are Mark and Karen Brittle. Uh, Spirituals mediums, and we'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojinet. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Toginet. Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? 
then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guests this evening, Mark and Karen Brittle. And where did we leave off? <laughs> Mark was telling about his, uh, his uh, what he received from his uh, mission, remote mission. Right. <clears throat> that's right. That, that, that's right, Ron. I'll continue with that. By yes, the way, that was the fastest dinner I've ever eaten, actually. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So anyway, so basically, it was it, it was an image of the thousands of workers uh, dressed in t-shirts, which were uh, uh, protesting in the Hong Kong um, democracy debates at the beginning of 2016, and so that was really the impression of you know that that was that that, that was my response to the and mission asking that article in the newspaper. One of the most interesting things, why we did this, why I set this one up, is because I had no idea what the actual target was going to be. If some of the ones we'd done previously, we would know all the uh, much of the information ahead of time, the one who was giving the mission. Uh, this one, I didn't even know what was going to be the detail. Uh, and even after he did it, I only looked then. So that was it kind of took the whole telepathy thing out of the picture. Oh, that's wow. a good point. Good point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so after that, we we say in order to sort of categorize things, we 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 then we then went on to a, a, a we then arranged things slightly differently. So I could tell you about that, um, which is, and actually people should be trying this at home. So instead of giving each other a lead. In forms of, in terms of a book number or a map reference or a, a cryptic phrase, which is what we were doing before, we thought, well, these numbers or references in themselves can't have any information in them. So why don't we just not bother actually saying what the mission is? And this is what we do now. And so I invite Ron. I expect you to have been done a few of these with that by the time you meet each other again. Uh, <laughs> you think of a mission for your responder. You simply mm -hmm. think of the mission. And then the responder goes and does it. So we think of an idea and say, right, go. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's and that's how it works. Have, um, have you got the, good results for that? Yeah, the results have not been any less successful than before. Um, 
so we have to we have to figure in mind what the other one uh, has set us to, and we've had. I mean, we've been doing these even quite recently, and they are they they they're usually successful, and sometimes they're highly successful, and sometimes they fail. But <laughs> the successes are, you know, the successes greatly outweigh, and we're not little fishing for bits and pieces here. We get quite a lot of. So that was a variation on that, and, that, and that's, that's the one. That's the one we do at the moment. Um, mm. And I can, I can, I can give you, I can give you some examples of that, of course, if you, if you want me to. But the, I think really what the, I, I'm, I think what's happening here is that we're setting ourselves up to communicate on a, on a completely telepathic or etheric level, and it, and sort of just to you know, diverge slightly. I think it, 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 it's, it's the spiritual parts of, of both of us agreeing to do these things and then, as it were, conveying the results back to the physical parts of us, you see. And uh, do you think if I can comment here, yeah. one of the in, most interesting things, well, there's a lot of very interesting things going on here that we, we, we discuss, uh, but not only do we provide information uh, that the other person might know of, but we provide information that we, after the fact, go validate that it is accurate for the mission, which which the person who gave the mission to begin with uh, had no idea that that was actual evidence of it. So there, even if they knew something ahead of time, we're getting additional information that's later validated to be accurate. Can you give us an example of that? Yeah. I can, I can give you an example of that, and it actually fits rather nicely in what you were talking about the Titanic, because um, I set Karen the Titanic as a mission. <laughs> oh. uh, now, and one of the things that emerged, and you, you the um, one one of the things that emerged from that, I mean, inter alia, um, was this that she mentioned she mentioned Winston Churchill as being to do with it or being responsible. You can note, by the way, that she, she, she didn't actually know she was talking about the singular Titanic, because usually the evidence is too fragmentary to make a whole picture. It's just a matter of having pieces that, that, that fit into a, into a hole without really actually knowing. And we'd have to guess to know it was But anyway, one of the things was Richard Churchill being involved with this. And, um, you know, so she was, she was talking about... Um, survivors and sea and so forth and Winston Churchill and I thought what on earth has Winston Churchill got to do with a singing with a singing of Titanic <laughs> uh, well nothing nothing is the answer but I looked it up because what we actually do then is, is google these things after we've, we've got the information because we usually only have a slender a slender knowledge of what what mission it is we're setting and it's better that way really because you know it's sort of unless it's some sort of cryptic memory we we, we just don't know you know, we, we, we could, the information we're fairly sure doesn't, doesn't come um, at least completely from, from within ourselves. And it turns out that there is, in latter day historians have somehow blamed Winston Churchill uh, for some of the tragedy because he was president of the Board of Trade in 1905 or 1910 when the ship was signed off by Harland and Wolfe. And at that time, they specified very few lifeboats, as you will no doubt know. Mm -hmm. um, 
it specified a far fewer number of lifeboats than should have been because the assumption was that the sink was absolutely unsinkable. Right. And um, so there has been a, an historical uh, uh, sort of uh, or goose chase, if you like, um, saying that, in fact, had the ship not been licensed and had Winston Churchill acted differently, then it would never have been, never been uh, certificated and, um, you know, the tragedy would have been avoided. But that was an example where we didn't have a clue. And that completely came out. Now, you know, what Karen didn't say was that Churchill was president of the Board of Trade and gave it a license when he shouldn't have done. But he mentioned this as being a, you know, as a factor. And, you know, because what we don't know is where we're getting this information from. But, um, you know, I'll leave, I'll leave that point open for, for discussion. So what do you think of that? It's pretty interesting, actually. That's, yeah. It's pretty amazing that, you know, I mean, from nothing, <laughs> basically, from yeah. from a, a mental yeah. message, yeah. she got all that. Yeah. It's really yeah. amazing. Yeah. Basically, yeah. just yeah. go. Uh, one, one of the things that you mentioned, Ron, was, you know, uh, and, and I think Mark alluded to it, we get when we're doing this often we'll get components, but we don't know what the, the name of the actual target is, for example. Right. We'll get all different aspects of it that all fit. But occasionally we'll get such amazing images and evidence that uh, we will, will say, well, is this this particular thing? And it'll be right. right. Which, which when right. you think about it, you got You got You're told to go from nothing. You get all this information, and it's so clear. You say, well, "Is it this?" And it's true. The statistical probability of that is nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. Right. One thing. One thing I do have to ask you, though, <laughs> is is that do you believe that because you're husband and wife that that your communication is perhaps a little better than than two strangers, for for instance. I, I, I think that's absolutely the case. And in fact, when, um, uh, I think it's Mike, uh, Sedgwick, I think it's Michael Sedgwick, Professor Sedgwick, who was one of the founders of the uh, Society for uh, Psychical Research, Research in Cambridge, right. 100 years ago, yeah. Um, uh, he and his wife were very good at this sort of thing. And I think um, also, we were talking about him the other day, weren't we, Ryan? J.B. Ryan. I think he concluded that people who are close to each other, and it can be husband and wife, family, can be twins, um, you know, they're very good at it. And in fact, um, there's um, a chap who, uh, catalog, sorry, short, a chap called Guy Playfair in London who wrote oh, a book yes. on telepathy between, uh, yeah, between, um, in fact, his, his brother um, was, um, was, um, was 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 my supervisor when I was uh, when I was a student, uh, and I never I, and his brother John who's passed on now. I was it was, a, it was a great man. I was really fond of him, and so it was quite curious many years later to speak with his brother, uh, who still survives. He's been very, he you know he he's anyway. The, the, the point is that this is this is a, this is a this is an observation very much on the table that if people are close. They're good at this. And of course, there are, as Guy Clayfair says in his book, um, extraordinary um, knowledges and intuitions that operate between 
um, twins. They're identical mm. twins. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, but of course, it's, it's such a rare thing to study because you've got to find this identical twin first. You know, and that's not all that common. Uh, but um, so <clears throat> uh, another, um, I might just mention, um, uh, because I know this will be um, dear to your heart. Well, one of the, uh, a, a, um, a place that I, without speaking, sent um, Karen to uh, not long ago um, was um, uh, Wind- Windlesham. Yes, Wind- Wind- Windlesham. It's the name of the house that Conan Doyle lived in, uh-huh. in Crowborough, in Sussex. And uh, I've seen this house, and I've always been a, a Conan Doyle devotee, uh, particularly as a spiritualist, but even before then, I was a great Sherlock Holmes fan. So, you know, I sort of went on a little pilgrimage to his house, which has never become a, a museum, which it ought to be for one of the world's, you know, most well-known authors, certainly, certainly the maker of the world's best-known detectives. But anyway, so that was, that was the target. And... Um, Karen described all sorts of things, and then she started describing a chap. And now this is this is a very interesting point because this this blurs it beautifully from from remote viewing and consulting a record, a stale record, into something else. Um, and then I think she probably got a link with Conan Doyle. Now, of course, Conan Doyle was a great spiritualist, and of course he he came back a lot and and, and dictated uh, through uh, I think it was Edith Russell. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, um, anyway, but uh, you know, a whole book on, as it were, life in the afterlife, written, written posthumously, um, and um, and uh, so this was mostly because it, it was sufficiently vivid that she guessed who he was um, by his responses, mm. um, and that was so interesting. Karen, can you can you say anything about that, Dan? Yeah, I I was describing first the house, and all of that you said was correct. And I was just standing there. We we were doing this in the living room. And, uh, and then this person just kind of walks into my view. And I can see him clear as day. And I'm describing him with the, the little kind of derby hat. I'm not sure if that's the right thing. And he had the, the light-colored tweed hat and the darker tweed jacket and the, the jodhpurs on and the shoes and the whitish hair with the kind of big white mustache and I'm looking at him and I'm going, <laughs> I think I know who this is. And he, I say to him, do, do we know you? And he said, well, Mark knows of me, but he does not know me. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, he looks like Con Doyle. So I said to Mark, I said, Mark, is this Arthur Con Doyle? And he said, it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is our evenings at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, uh, least yeah. at least it's inexpensive, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, anyways, we we do have a couple of questions from the the chat room, and uh, it kind of fits okay. in what you were just talking about, Karen. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I have one from uh, the Tokinet chat wor- chat room from John. And he wants to know, do you ever encounter, um, he, I think he means a friendly spirit. He calls it Casper, the friendly ghost. Do you ever encounter a friendly ghost or, or, and. Or a ghost in general. Or a ghost in general, um, or an insidious spirit. And, and how would you get rid of the insidious spirit? Well, I think the first 
question, and Nate asked the same similar question too, is as you ever experienced the spirit in in uh, in your travels as as an astral projection or, or astral viewing? Yes, I mean I I I, I have, um, and Karen, you you actually going back to that. Um, that young boy in 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 the house of some friends of ours. Um, I have seen a um, <clears throat> uh, uh, <laughs> I've seen a ghost in a castle, and uh, so uh, yeah. Um, it's, so I'm not sure if you mean in a location like what you're talking about, Mark, is now in a location, and we have encountered and spirits in a location uh or if you're meeting a, in these missions in the missions example, in the missions in the I, missions, I right that's yeah. what i thought so in the mission would be for example oh, in Conan the Doyle. now i understand it's a bit, ah well no no Conan Doyle or, or yes Conan Doyle. yeah that's right now there there the, the, it would be of great interest to us if we could if we could regularly encounter as it were, spirit people with whom there's some interaction in these missions. And um, it hasn't happened uh, for me yet. But um, I think, Karen, do you want to say anything about um, one or two people with whom you may have had a connection? Apart from Conan Doyle, where I think it probably was a connection. Right. But um, Um, I'm thinking of that... I'm thinking of that Roman, for a start. Right. So this was one question that Mark and I had. We keep trying to push the boundaries and saying, well, if we have this and we can see a person in these travels, can we interact with them? Because we would like to know, is this real time? Is this reaching some records? So if we can interact with them, maybe that'll give information. So one of the missions that Mark gave me was to go to, well, Mark, you much better at the historical facts, but it was a a Roman governor's house in England yeah. back 2,000 years ago, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, 200 AD, yeah. Okay, yeah. and so the, the mission was just go and hopefully interact with someone there, and I didn't know any details. So I got I described the house, and it was England, and it was very strange because I was getting information that felt like it was at in England, and describing this this house, but yet I saw a person there, and then I said, "But this is very strange because this guy is basically wearing a robe, and his hair cut, and he looks like a Roman, and he's got sandals on." So it was correct, but for the information, I didn't know that it was correct, and the information I was getting was conflicting in my mind. Uh, and then I said, "Well, I'm going to try to interact with him," and it seemed like I was able to. Uh, interact i was asking him things and asking who he was and he was showing me around uh, so we're, we're trying to do more of this interaction with the the people that we meet in these things to try to figure out what is actually happening in as a mission as we call it mm-hmm. yeah and, and of course it's it's it, it's a tall order conceptually because I mean, if we were just going back and seeing what was, then it would be very difficult to explain how there could be any interaction. Observation, yes, but interaction, no. So it's you know you can well as as you as you as you both know, it's a it's a very wide area, and it sort of really does um, 
strain strain conceptions to um you know to explain it but i mean if it there you are that's uh, that, that that's that's what it is um but we we know you, for instance that in terms of go on as if you quickly could the the one about whitehall as well was interesting yes yes this was a this was a this was another um, unspoken uh, mission that i um gave Karen, and it was to a very um, important um, public building in the middle of London called the White Hall. And it was um, built by um, James I. And it actually, it was actually one of the first classical buildings, if not the first classical building in London, designed by Inigo Jones, who's a very well-known and famous British architect. Anyway, this is a sumptuous, it's a, it's a small, it's a small palace, which is actually a palace within a palace, because it was part of a very huge, rambling collection of buildings, which were all one palace, uh, Whitehall Palace. But uh, anyway, so um, that's um, uh, actually, I think it's because yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, it, 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 so the, the the thing about the, the the most probably the most important historical incident in this particular place uh, was that it was the scene of the execution of um, Charles I when the um, uh, when the Puritans led by Oliver Cromwell um, chopped his head off mm. and this was done um, on a gallery right at the windows right at, at the banking hall mm. um, and um, so the, so Karen first described this this um, this this room of state with thrones and, you know, cornucopia of food all over the place, which was <laughs> quite marvellous, because, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's what it was for. I think you still use the banquets and dining. It's a, you might even have seen it if you've been to London. Um, and <laughs> then um, she described um, a chap, um, and this is most interesting, because she described uh, a lot of people dressed in great finery, which, of course, indeed they were, with all the silks and what have you in the world, uh, uh, at that time, among the sort of courtly folk of um, you know of Charles I's um, London, and then she described a chap who was um, actually uh, uh, dressed in sort of linen and um, uh, kneeling down, and um, the the image that's, that's that's given of of him at his execution is he was actually um, kneeling down and. Uh, you, you kneel down, you get your head chopped off. You know, uh, not absolutely wonderful. Um, and um, but then I think Karen did. I think she thought she had some information because she didn't actually see his head getting chopped off. But I think no, she had some more information. You, you, Karen, you did. You said yeah. to interact with him, so I said I asked him to get up, and he did. And I I asked him a little bit more about him, and uh, he seemed very. I say stately with his arms crossed and basically said to me, well, did you get what you came for? And uh, as far as the information, and I'd, I'd gotten a bunch of things. Of course, I knew, didn't know if anything was right at, by this point. And um, once, once I asked Mark, I said, okay, can I, can I stop now? And, and, but every, everything fit. And this person who knelt down and he, it was just very interactive. It was just like a, having a conversation with this person. Wow. Anyway, I, so, yeah. Uh, so, 
there seems to be, you know, if you leave aside sort of time paradoxes, which of course, you know, come straight out the page of this, but there does seem to be a sort of, at the very least, an interactive theatre, you know, a theatre of interaction. I mean, it may all be based upon the spirit world, as it were, because we're we're seeing it, as it were, spiritually. You know, we're not seeing it as a physical as a physical effect, you know, by travelling there and seeing it with our own eyes. Um, but it's 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 very interesting, isn't it? So the the thing goes from uh, the more you look, it goes from depth to depth. Mm-hmm. And we keep trying to push the boundaries. Did you say you had another question? Um, I do have a question from when the two of you were here and were doing some readings, some platform readings at the uh, at our live audit video show. You had oh, a gentleman. Yes, go on. Yes. Um, you had a gentleman come through for Russ here in my studio, who was oh, yes, directing our show. I remember. So he yes. he you we we came about that it was his grandfather, and Russ had posted yeah. a picture, and he wondered if you had ever seen the picture that he posted. No, I didn't. No. Okay. Where did he post that? I'd, I'd be delighted to have a look at it. I think yeah. he posted it on Ron's page, but I'm sure I can have him. Oh, I can get I'll a hold of it. That. And yeah. they just send it to oh, you. Oh, forgive me. I, or you can put it put it on the uh, put it on the uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation page. Okay, I will yeah. I will do that. I don't have it at this moment. Yeah. I'll have I'm to delighted. get it from him. I like it. Yeah. But he but, would yeah. love to know if you could tell him if that was what you saw. Yes, I, I most certainly will, and it may well be because he was. I mean, he was a very kind and you know mm-hmm. active chap, and he's. Uh, I would say he's very much. Very, you know, definitely around his his uh, his grandson. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it may well be possible to get more information from him. Uh, you know, you just dial him up by thinking about him. You know. Yeah. So, so, anyways, yeah. uh, we've actually that's about two minutes left in the show, less than that now, and oh, okay, uh, then. Uh, we've well, got to so uh, much, wrap right. it up. But anyways, yeah. uh, I do want to mention uh, to our audience, and, and before I say goodbye to you, is that uh, Dale Graff, who we had on the show last week, will be at Circles of Wisdom. Uh, he's doing a free lecture on Friday night on uh, remote viewing and in the government Stargate program. And he also has a couple of work- workshops as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. that's at Circles of Wisdom in Andover, Mass, uh, 978-474-8010. Check it out there. So anyways, we are out of time. So Mark and Karen, thank you so much for joining us. And thank, thank you for doing Dining with the Dead thank the other you. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. It was you. a great time, Ron. And, uh, yes, definitely yeah. check out uh, my website as well, Karen Fontaine. And Mark Brittle's also got his own website as well. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Oh, we'll have to post those as well. Uh, what, Karen, what's your website again? Karen Fontaine, F-O-N-T-A-I-N-E.com. Awesome. We get that in? Sure, I will get I will get those up. All right, thank you. All right. So I guess we got to wrap okay. it up till next time. I guess. Oh, thank uh, you very much. oh I, I have one more thing I have to mention, and that is my paranormal CSI class is starting at Circles of Wisdom next Thursday. Five week class as we look at critical thinking in the paranormal. So uh, check out Circles of Wisdom again uh, at uh, nine seven eight four seven four eighty ten or dot com. So there you go. So Excellent. thank you guys. Thank Good you night. so God much. Bless. Thank you. Thank you, Ron and Anne. Good great. night. Good night. Take Good night, care. Anne. Good night, Ron. Good night. Good night.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.